Welcome to a brand new Deep Blue special in Studio B. Wherever and however you're watching, great to have you with us. I'm your host, Spencer Linton, and over the next hour, I will feature some of my favorite Deep Blue stories with an emphasis on seven Cougars that have now graduated into the National Football League. Beginning with the highest draft pick in BYU football history, enter quarterback Zach Wilson. Going into the 2020 season, we knew he was capable, but after an 11-win campaign, he became an all-timer and quieted so many of his critics. This is Deep Blue with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Might not be their best option. Well, I think Zach Wilson being out is a real problem. Zach didn't look the same tonight. Couldn't really get a good grip on the ball. How does this impact BYU spring football? I signed up for it, you know, coming into college football. I knew that everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to, you know, say something about you. He's had his fair share when it comes to people doubting him and also when overcoming some injuries. And I know he gets criticized and stuff a lot for whatever mistake he makes, but... And I know the quarterback is the, you know, the high-profile position, but I, I promise you there's, there's not a kid that takes it harder than he does. And I just don't know if they realize the sacrifices that these boys make. You know, really just, just for their, their team, for their school, for their coaches, for their fans, just to make them proud. Win or lose, they're still doing it for them. Trips left, twins right, empty, quarterback draw. Wilson 15-10, Wilson on the state five, on the state touchdown! Happiness for me was was being able to play in front of my family. You know, there's nothing better than, you know, I come out of the tunnel after the game and, you know, there's my uncles and my aunts and my brothers and sisters and the whole family just came out to support. And I, th I think that just means a lot to me. You know, that's happiness knowing I have, you know, people always behind me. So do you remember your first game? I don't. You had just turned eight. And it was our first scrimmage game. Well, I guess it was like a real game. It's full refs, everything against Murray. And I think that game you had, I think you ran two touchdowns in and you had a pick six. You remember that? You don't remember that? And I was yelling at you because he jogged the pick six in. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that part. I'm like, he jogged it. I think you took it like 50 yards. I know you got to remember that one. Every single game, they break it down. They go over every single play. I mean, every single play. You know, what he did different, what he should have done, what he did well but could have been better. And then he, he actually does a little bit of amending, you know, like, but I still love you, son. I knew what it took for him to be good, and I think he, he realized it later in life. Probably his, I think probably took his junior, senior year for him to finally realize uh, how much work he had to put into to achieve his goals and his dreams. So so I was hard on him, and I push him, and I've coached all my boys the same way. He says, you know, my parents pushed me so hard, and I missed out on a lot. And then all of a sudden, one day, I was just like, I love this. Like, this is my thing, you know? And if you don't push them to that point of the takeoff, some of them will never find it. They'll never realize what their gift was. During the quarantine, me and my brothers first first started 
uh, working on the Jeep together. We, we, we didn't know how long spring ball was going to be canceled for. I think it just kind of brought us together. I mean, we were literally, I think, every single day. We'd come out, and we'd sit there until 12 o'clock at night just sanding. We'd wake up, blow it off, and we're like, crap, that part's not good enough because we want it to be perfect. So we'd sand the little cracks and stuff, and I think we all just kind of got closer doing it. There was nothing more satisfying than, than leaving that paint shop at the end of the day, and it was it was finished. And it was like, hey, we did this, and it's super cool. Like, not many people can say that they painted a car, you know, off of YouTube videos, having no idea what they're doing. I would say when you're not playing football, it's definitely, it's definitely cool to have something on the side that, you know, keeps you entertained, gives you a little relief from football, and it gives you something to you know, kind of explore what you like in life besides, besides football, right? You can't pour all your eggs in one basket, and, you know, you're going to get sick of it quick, so... Uh, it was nice to be able to, to do something as a family and just take a little break from football for a couple of weeks. And once we finished up that, it was a really good opportunity for me to go out to California and, and train with uh, John Beck and 3DQB, the guys that I work with out there. So we got to weekends where, you know, football would end around one on Fridays and I would hop in the car and I'd drive 10 hours to California by myself. And um, I would train with John Beck Saturday morning from you know, 8 to 11 or whatever it is, hang out Saturday night. And then Sunday morning was pretty much the same thing. About 8 to 11, I'd take off and come back home. You got the stones, the jar, and the sand. And if someone tries to put the sand in first, there's not room for all the stones. And when you put the stones in first, then you can put the sand in and they all fit. You know, when I look at Zach, I see Zach as the guy that he knows the value of those stones. He makes sure he's getting all of them in. I think he's even the guy that's like, can I fit this stone into? He demands a lot of respect for the things that he does off the field, puts a lot of time into the game and into his craft and then studies a lot of football. And I just wanted to go out there and have fun. Right before Zach went to BYU, one time he said to me, you know that song, Humble and Kind? He said, Mom, just always remind me. Just always remind me of this song, to be humble and kind, always. One of Zach Wilson's most trusted compatriots and teammates, Brady Christensen, on the offensive line was frankly undervalued and undersized when he came to BYU as a two-star recruit. But he took care of business at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and rose to become one of the biggest and best offensive linemen in Cougar football history. He's a hometown hero, a family man, and now a member of the Carolina Panthers. Brady was a delight. He was he was born 10 pounds, and then he was very, very, very shy. But then I think he kind of blossomed after he started playing sports because he was really good at it. As a freshman, you go run with the football team in the summer. You do summer conditioning with the high school program. And I remember I was about 6 foot, 160, and I couldn't move very good. And I, my feet were already grown to size 15, and I was just, like, running with skis around. And so I wasn't very fast, wasn't very big. And we were up in a trip, me and my, a bunch of my buddies, and they all got the call that they made the high school football team as freshmen, and I didn't. I was the only one left out. And so I ended up playing Little League again, and yeah, it was rough. You know, he's, he's just really been an underdog, and he takes that to heart, and, and, and it's, it's a big motivating thing for him, and I think it's even a motivating thing for him to this day. I've almost kept a mental note of all the things I've been overlooked. Like, the times I'm overlooked, it almost just motivates me 
to go further and to go farther and to work harder. And I honestly contribute a lot of that to my success here at BYU is being that underdog and feeling like I've been overlooked and it just motivates me to go farther. 230 to 240 range in high school, not real heavily recruited because of that. But they did a good job here of identifying him as someone who would fill out and, and grow. Didn't Jordan say you took a, a test in one of your classes that said you need to go to yeah. a food therapist because <laughs> your eating is so bad? Uh, You're like, do you sleep all right? And I'm like, yes. Are you ever, do you ever think about like ending your life? I'm like, no. And then do you overeat? And I'm like, well, yes, I overeat. I have to overeat. And then they say, do you sometimes eat until you feel like you're going to throw up? And I'm like, yes, sometimes I do that. <laughs> and so by the end of it, my, all my mental health was all good. It was all checked out. But then it said eating disorder. It said extreme. May want to go get help with it. I was like, what? <laughs> it's your job. I just have to be. I think the biggest thing is just the way that that he's grown physically is also matched with the way that he's grown mentally and emotionally. He's gone from a guy, like I said a minute ago, who somewhat questioned whether he was ready to play and maybe even questioned how good he really could be to the point where now I think he feels like he can line up and play with anybody in the country, and I'd say he's right. We've seen a lot of great things from him as a leader, a lot of great things from him as a person, just, just connecting with his uh, teammates and that whole offensive line unit is really close because of him. He's a big part of it and, and I, I think he, he has a sense that, to know when someone is needing a, a attention or even uh, some comforting. I, I think he has a great gift of, of being able to discern uh, who needs help and, and where to address it. So uh, but just a extreme pr pleasure for me to be his head coach. My wife is so supportive in football it's, it's not easy on the wives I mean for all of August you're basically gone from early in the morning to late at night and then during the season you're traveling every weekend and you're staying in hotels and whatever but she's the most supportive thing ever and it's amazing she just loves watching me play football she comes to every game and she watches film with me even at night like we're watching film and she watches it with me and she's just like always so supportive and uplifting being able to watch him love it so much, it makes like all the long days and him being gone a lot of just so much easier because he always has positive things to say about it. And I always kind of, he'll get home and I'll say, did anything interesting happen today? And he always just like, I swear he always has something positive to say. Like I never hear anything negative about the team or the coaches, he just really loves it. And so when I am playing, I do it for the love of football, but I do it for her as well. Um, I just love to try to be as successful as possible for her and try my best because of her because I know she's doing the same thing in her aspects of her life just working her tail off so I just try to match that and do it for her up next on this deep blue special the incredible story of Kyrus Tonga who went from being homeless to the mission field to starring on football fields now in the National Football League and we're driving and uh, I just told my dad, like, that I didn't want to serve a mission. And he just, like, stopped the car. And he's like, 
you wanna what? I was like, I wanna serve a mission. I, I didn't know what was what I was gonna get myself into, but it was just something I just felt like I needed to do. And speaking of rising up from the ashes, how about a walk-on special to the NFL? All coming up next on Deep Blue. Our Deep Blue special continues from Studio B as we transition now from offensive players to a special story on the defensive side. Kyrus Tonga embodies toughness, physicality, and shored up that BYU defensive line. Now, I know most of you know a lot about that and the current Chicago Bear. What you may not know is he also overcame homelessness and somehow found a way out of the streets of West Valley, Utah. This is Deep Blue with Kyrus Tonga. Kyrus has been fun to coach. He's a he's an awesome young man. Really made strides in this last year as a vocal leader, which, you know, if you had known Kyrus before, you couldn't get two words out of him. In high school, uh, my mom, it was hard for her. There's times where she would be in the shelter and uh, we couldn't we couldn't be there. So there's times where I was just I was going back and forth, like looking for a place to stay. Like every night I didn't know where I was gonna go after school. My dad was never really in the picture. It was it was hard. It was a it was a rough time. And then um, my senior year, he was adopted by another family, and this is one of his best friend's family that took took him in. My mom, she basically asked him if they can take care of me, and that she she can't like uh, help me anymore. Uh, so that was hard for me. I, I just felt like uh, someone was giving up on me. She was gone from there. Going into my senior year, um, I got into some trouble. I couldn't play football. I couldn't be around anyone. Um, I was on, on house arrest. I felt like everything was just getting taken away from me. I, I learned quickly um, that blessings and disguises. I got into the church. And my family helped me, like, started teaching me how to pray, started teaching me how to read the scriptures. he gone through a lot at a young age, and so the fact that he was able to Embrace such a wonderful family for the Tonga family to to love him and goes to show how much just loving someone and caring for someone can really change their entire life. He's a living proof of that. Finally graduated that senior year and I was getting ready to go to Utah. And my my pops, the the guy that I'm with now, and we were driving, and uh, I just told my dad like that I think I want to serve a mission. And he just, like, stopped the car, and he's like, you want to what? I was like, I want to serve a mission. I, I didn't know what was what I was going to get myself into, but it was just something I just felt like I needed to do. That was something my wife and I always wanted him to do, was go on a mission. But at the same time, we didn't want to pressure him or force him. So I said to him, I says, well, why do you want to go on a mission? I'll never forget what he says. He says, you know, God's watched me all my life. And the least I can do is give back two ears. And right then I knew it was sincere because all he wanted to do in his life was to play football. But now he understands that there's something more important than football. I left as soon as I got clear with my bishop and I, and I went. And without the mission, I don't know where I would be. Um, I don't know if I'd be at Utah or get into trouble but I'm here at BYU and it's it's been it's been good for me. 
And the Cougars bring pressure. In trouble. And sacked is Tonga. The expression of gratitude is, is him. He is so thankful for everything and, and can't, can't express enough how much he shows his gratitude and how grateful he is to everyone when he could easily uh, complain and quit a long time ago. Slovis to the air, gets hit, and taken down for a sack by Tonga. Having Kairos as a brother um, fills in the missing puzzle piece that we never knew we had. Even though I love Utah, um, I am a Kairos Tonga fan. That is the only player I will ever cheer for. I think he just knows that we love the youth so much that so he's kind of used to it. We joke around and say um, he's a chimpo, if you guys know Mulan. The big, the biggest guy in the whole movie, but he's the most graceful, the most loving. Looking at the pictures, like our family pictures of Kairos not in it, it's kind of weird. We don't like looking at it because we always know that someone's missing. And so we don't really frame those pictures up because it's just, it's not our family. You know, there are people that God put in your path for a reason. When he used to talk about his struggles, I would think to myself, where was I? Where was I when all of this happened? And he would just look at me, he would say, Mom, it's okay. Because in a way, I, I knew if I had him earlier, he would not go through those struggles. Because I'm very protective over my children. And I love him as if he was naturally ours. So my heroes are, are my mom and my dad. And they mean everything to me. Um, everything I am, everything I will be is because my parents. It's been a little crazy, but I wouldn't change anything, so... What an unbelievable story for Kairos Tonga, who was a steal for the Chicago Bears in the seventh round of the 2021 NFL Draft. But he wasn't the only former Cougar to go in the seventh round, and I don't think he's going to be the only steal in the seventh round, which now takes us to Dax Milne, who built his story on hard work and consistency with a little help from home, specifically his mom. Dax Milne. Seventh rounder to the Washington football team. We're going deep blue. Dax is probably one of the quietest guys you'll meet. Has a big personality, but doesn't doesn't really show a lot through words. It's just through his example. Retains the playbook. He's tough. He's a guy that I can keep on the field every single play, and I know he'll he'll give it everything he has. It speaks a lot to his character. in the stands and to see him have such just wonderful moments like scoring touchdowns in bowl games and against uh, USC and we're just you know brought us all the tears you know when you see those things happen Touchdown I remember the game he showed up on the jumbotron when he started on his, in his first game and that was like a huge big big brother moment for me just to see the all that hard work pay off from all of our Time thrown together, and and uh, I guess like the, the video games helped out a little bit too. But <laughs> remember when we played that uh, 
small like Nerf ball and we could just chuck it like. Oh, yeah. Probably wasn't that far though because back I in the day. And you think back to when he was just five and six years old wanting to play football, you know, and it was his dream. So to, to see him live out his dream right now is it's 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 very fun and, and and exciting for the whole family. Darren and Jill, his mom and dad are are incredible people and they've raised him right and, and uh, he's gone through a lot of adversity, you know, specifically with his mother and her encounter with uh, with cancer. Yeah, I just feel like yesterday. Remember on the couch over there you sat me and Dax down. I saw that serious sort of worried look on your face. Like my heart kind of sank a little bit. She said, ah, I went to the doctor, and I just thought, like, oh, it was probably nothing. But then she said, I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And <clears throat> I ended up going in and having a colonoscopy, and they were able to determine that I did, in fact, have a tumor in my colon. After the diagnosis, I, I they went to do more ex more testing to see if it had spread and unfortunately it had gone into my uh, liver it was hard I think for all of us it was it, it rocked I think everybody's world I think you know and it's it's a scary thing to know that you know when you when you're diagnosed with stage four cancer you don't know what the outcome's going to be and of course you know death is definitely a possibility at that point so I think that was probably a very hard thing for them to process couldn't really dwell on it that heavy because I had I had my freshman year of football going at BYU and it was already a huge adjustment coming from high school and there was a lot on my plate I tried to put it in the back of my mind but I know that's kind of bad to say like don't like not think your mom but I try to like compartmentalize like have football and then after football just make sure she was okay once we got the diagnosis and it was like, okay, what do we need to do? Let's begin to do this, 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 and this. And you, you just did it without any reservation. But your, your positive attitude has helped us. Your faith, your looking outward to, to serve other people while you're going through this was such an example for us. Overall, she, she handled it like, it's, like a champ probably get too emotional if I keep talking about her, but she's amazing the way she handled it. And I'm uh, so grateful that she's still here today. So The fact that she's been able to beat it um, was no surprise to me. I think that's where uh, Dax probably attributes a lot of his toughness to. And anyone who, who, who's been through a battle with cancer or knows someone close who has, those are hard things to fight. And so um, I don't think there's any coincidence there in, in why Dax is so tough. You can't help but learn something and grow. And I think that's the whole point of us going through these types of things is to learn and grow. And that's why our Heavenly Father allows us to experience these things, that we're stronger than we think we are, that we can do hard things, that we can make it, we can do it. We are fighters. During that time when she went through that experience, that was when I really found my why in, in life and in football. My why is, is my mom. Just keep hoping and praying that things will continue to go well and be good. Yeah. You got a strong mama. Strong mama.
When we return, former BYU defensive back Troy Warner utilizes help from family to overcome his own personal adversity. We had to live with our grandma as a family and sleeping all huddled together in the same bed or just little things like that. Our, our mom had it rough and she worked her tail off to make sure that, that we had everything. And the story of Diane Gawolaku, the artist formerly known as Diane Lake, and how he escaped the streets of war-torn Africa to end up at BYU. This is Deep Blue. Welcome back to this Deep Blue special in Studio B with the Warner Brothers. Fred and Troy left a very lasting impact on BYU football. Fred moved on as an all-pro guy with the San Francisco 49ers. His younger brother Troy has handled significant expectations because of what his brother did. But we're here to show you that Troy Warner is forging his own story. This is Deep Blue. Learning things from hardships is always big. That was one thing that I had to learn for myself was that if I could take something from this, you know, bad experience, that I could gain something from it and, and be a better player or a better person after it was all said and done. Things were hard growing up. There were points where we had to live with our grandma as a family and sleeping all huddled together in the same bed or just little things like that. Our, our mom had it rough and she worked her tail off to make sure that, that we had everything. So like looking back, I now see that it was a little harder, but in the moment I'm thinking, oh, we're good. Like we have everything we need. It was never like we felt lesser than anyone. And I think my mom, that's a credit to my mother, just her determination. I think that rubbed off on us and how hard we've been able to work up to this point and get to where we are now. My mom played a huge role in our success, not only what she did for us financially, but seeing her go through so many challenges, trials, and seeing her come out on top uh, has taught me that I can overcome anything. You know, sometimes you got to think about those who have it much worse and think about how much worse things could be in order for you to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Me being, you know, kind of like the, the man of the house at a young age, he had to kind of look up to me and, and follow my footsteps. He was a perfect role model for me in trying to better myself, you know, on and off the field and in school. He made it all easy on me because he's just such a good kid and uh, he works his tail off to, to be the best version of himself. And I think if I didn't have him, I would have struggled way more and I don't, I don't even know if I would have been, you know, where I am today without, without his help and guidance. You know, I'm forever grateful for that. Starts in press, gonna run it and runs into trouble. Tossing again to stop. Troy Warner is shaking up for BYU. Younger brother of star linebacker. When you play a sport and you love it so much, you put so much time and effort into it, you know, when you get hurt and then you have to sit out and watch from, from the sideline, it's tough. It was the first real trial that I ever faced. It was the first real injury that I ever faced. The pitch to James. White shirts are there. He's dropped behind the line. Troy Warner. I've always been a guy who's, you know, started and played and, and never really had to sit back and, you know, watch the game that I love. I think just mentally, I, I kind of took a shot and, and trying to figure out how to regain that confidence was, was one thing that I had to try and learn. Physically, I felt like I needed to just continue to grind, you know, try to get bigger, faster, stronger and do what I could so that I could get to where I am today. 
uh, right now going to the senior year. What we saw from spring, I saw not the old Troy re return. I saw a new and improved Troy where I forgot about the injuries that he had. I knew that, you know, great things wouldn't have been achieved without the long, long nights, long days, and, and just the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured into this game. Even the, the trials and that I, that I faced, I think those, those have all brought me to, to where I am today and to the player that I am as well. He's just been a, an amazing young man to have and to be, for me to be able to see him go from year one to now year five as a redshirt senior has been so cool. I can't put it into words how awesome it's been and I, I'm, I'm cheering for so much success for that young man. He's going to do so many great things and just so proud of him so far. And I know he'll do great things ahead of ahead of this time. I mean, honestly, like if I could say anything to Troy, I mean, it's just that I'm just so proud of him. And I don't know if I say it enough. I think him being the younger brother, he's always been put in this, you know, in the shadow of what I've been able to accomplish. And people aren't always willing to give him the credit he deserves. He talks about I'm his idol or stuff like that, but I mean, he's my idol. And um, you know, there's there's reasons for why. We both play football and do what we do in life, and, you know, I do it for him and for the rest of my family. I do love him with my whole heart. You know, that's that's my guy, and it'll be that way all the way until, until we leave this earth and, and so on. But, yeah, I'm proud of him. One of Troy Warner's former teammates and close friends, Diane Gawoloku, spent some time with Troy in the same NFL locker room. But... They comes from a very different backdrop, the war-torn streets of Liberia. Every game, I will write him a memo or a letter. I said, remember where you came from, remember what I told you. So you play this game, you play with all your heart, you'll be successful. And that's what he always do, play with all your heart. That story, plus Matt Bushman's ascension to the National Football League, all coming up on Deep Blue. Our Deep Blue special continues with the story of Diane Lake, who changed his name to Diane Gawoloku. You'll find out why in the next few minutes. Also, you'll see how he ventured from the war-torn streets of Liberia in Africa to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, and became a star. My name is Diane Gawoloku Lake. I was born in Liberia, that's West Africa, and I came here when I was five because it was like a civil war going on. He's come out and been open about how some things come a little bit harder to him as far as school and learning, and he's a, a kid that is really the epitome of putting your head down and just working hard at something. saw my mom for the first time she picks it up at the Salt airport and we're just like amazed just like this place is big you know the minute i saw them get off the plane the minute i saw diane we connected eyes he just kind of melted my heart so he was scared he was just quiet couldn't say anything me and my sisters our first time seeing like white people so we're just like what the heck is this this lady's taking our hands like taking us to a car so we didn't know what was going on and it was just a culture shock environment like I said I was switching the light switch off and on because it's all new to me seeing 
light table food. They brought us like chicken noodle soup. That was like our first meal we ate. And we also had to learn English, so it was hard to understand them and communicate. So we were just freaked out until my dad actually came back to Utah and was like explaining everything to us. Everything was going to be good. I said, if you do come here, you have to work hard. You have to go to school, do everything you can. Quickly, batted up and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. The Cougars picked it off. And in overtime, they won it. Every game, I will write him a memo or a letter. I said, remember where you came from. Remember what I told you. So you play this game, you play with all your heart, you'll be successful. And that's what he always do. Play with all your heart. His story to his teammates and to the players is really a story of just triumph over difficulty, just having determination, and he's been fun to be around just because the odds were really against him as far as coming to a tough academic school. He's the kind of guy that when you give him a challenge, he'll just he'll surpass it. He'll he'll overcome anything. And I probably made the mistake, which I think now is a good challenge, and just basically told him that hey, a lot of people don't think he can make it here because school's so hard. That was the last we ever worried about his academics. Refused to be outworked, whether it's um, weight room, running sprints, or whatever the case may be, and classroom as well. You know, a guy who who came in an underdog as far as academic goes. He's really done a good job just fighting through all the things that he's had to, and not really looking at it as a crutch, but something that's just determined him to get through his education. Dying. Has an incredible commitment to the contact of football. Maybe as much or more than any player I've ever coached. He really enjoys, with a smile, the contact part of the game. I just really like to hit. Like that's the one thing I separated like football and soccer. Like I said, I used to play soccer when I was little on a competitive team, and I had to like decide which one. Football just really stops me. Just I'm like, you get to hit kids. Like you get to hit other people. Like and is legal I'm like I gotta for sure <laughs> I gotta for sure stick with football like cause soccer I used to get like penalties called on me just like for shoving little kids and everything's a foul on me like so football that was never the problem rewarded obviously for hitting kids and I was like I like that a lot of guys will muster the courage necessary to make the play at the moment a lot of guys enjoy being the aggressor when the angle is correct to, to make contact Dyne enjoys all contact, never flinches. It's particularly amongst DBs. I think there's, he's one of the best there is. Getting married to my wife, Madison, that was like one of the biggest highlights because she changed my life for sure. Because even here, I still, like I said, I was focused, but I wasn't all the way there focused in school or football, really. And getting married to her uh, last year, she just kept me in like a straight line, like had me organized and take care of my homework before I even like think about anything else like video games stuff like that she was always there to love me and take care of me and she deserves the world and that was just like a big highlight in my life and she's she's like one of those ride or die girls like I said she gives me that energy to it motivates me and pushes me to do better in my life I remember telling him once that doors would open and things would happen and that he would just be amazed with his family and and the people back home and and all those things if he continued to do what he needed to do and be strong in it. Remember your heritage. Remember those that fought for you to be here where you are. You walk on the shoulders of giants. So be proud of whatsoever 
Wherever your son or daughter coming from, should have pride in him as a human being first. Secondly, you should have pride in him for what he is. He will always be on that and become somebody better in the future. Another incredible deep blue story and inspiring one from Diane Gawoloku. When we come back, Matt Bushman, guy they call Honey Hands because he catches everything, was expecting to have an unforgettable senior season. I don't know if it was like something in the grass, like a faulty little divot, or if it was just a fluke accident. Um, I just felt a huge pop like... People kind of compare it to getting shot. People compare it to getting kicked in the back of the leg super hard. And that's what it felt like, just like this huge, huge pop. And my leg just like gave out. But it didn't stop his dream from coming true. That's next on Deep Blue. Our Deep Blue special winds down, but not before we get to the story of a man better known as Honey Hands. Matt Bushman, star tight end. He never drops a pass. Why is that? Well, he told me that he used to get scared of what his mom would say if he did drop a pass. Whatever works, it worked for Matt Bushman, who was expecting to have an unforgettable senior season, but then faced some significant adversity. It didn't stop him from attaining his dream, however. You'll see it next. This is Deep Blue. I try not to be too fearful about things. I just kind of try to focus on the present and kind of control what I can. But I've always kind of had a vision or a goal of being a great football player or being able to provide for my family. He's going to throw it. Man, wide open. It's Bushman. Touchdown. Matt is a pleaser, and he'll work his tail off to please anybody. The biggest mismatch that BYU's offense presents. He's an NFL tight end. He really is. He's developing as a blocker, but he's such a great route runner. The great hands. I mean, as good as hands, ability to judge the ball, ability to go up and get the ball, fight for the ball is is what he does so well. Great timing, big catch radius, um, things that they're looking for in the NFL that will help him at the next level. Surprised us when he could have gone to the NFL this fall, and I knew that he had some unfinished business and things that he wanted to accomplish as a team. And so uh, to put the team first, over his desires has been really cool for our players to see. Swings it out, Simon, trickery, here they go. Simon throws a pass, Bushman, he has it. Bushman, touchdown. I do my best to reach my full potential that Heavenly Father's given me. I hope to achieve as much potential as I can and be the best person I can in this life. Hello, come on in. We are just hanging out. The team left today to Maryland, and um, here we are, not getting on the plane to Maryland, just hanging out, elevating, because life's a little different now. Last Monday, I was hanging out here, getting work done, and just going for a drive, and I got a text from Matt that said, bad news, my Achilles torn. I don't know if it was like something in the grass, like a faulty little divot, or if it was just a fluke accident. Um, I just felt a huge pop, like people kind of compare it to getting shot, people compare it to getting kicked in the back of their leg super hard. And that's what it felt like, just like this huge, huge pop. 
and my leg just like gave out. So they took me into the training room. I was laying there for a while, had to get my, my cleat off, had to get the tape off. The doctor that was, was looking at me, he was like, there's a, there's a pretty big divot in your Achilles. You can kind of see this gap. That means you fully ruptured it. And once I heard that, I just kind of broke down. You know, everyone was real emotional. Um, the tight ends especially, they were all in tears. They were all sobbing. They probably cried more than Matt did. Um, but it, it gave them something to, to play for, a, a, a higher purpose, a bigger meaning. And they dedicated themselves to, to Matt for the rest of the year. So... I think what amazed me so much, both the day that it happened and the week following, is just how positive Matt has been. And it's just helped keep me really strong and our family strong. And he's very aware that his team still has a whole season ahead of them and it's going to be fun to watch them and support them. And seeing that humility of Matt has, has really shown through in his positivity and luckily um, he was had a really successful surgery on Friday and baby's doing three days so that's kind of where we're at and can't drive but his mom will help us get to the hospital for Wednesday and we're just excited to have a little silver lining with baby coming. The Romneys gave us this, so I thought that was so cute. They made that for us. It's been amazing since that happened to see all the support that we have felt from his teammates, coaches, family, friends. We've just been overwhelmed. And we feel the prayers already. They felt prompted to come back to BYU. They prayed about it originally. So they, they know that this is part of God's plan for them. But along with that, there have been times where, you know, everybody questions like, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen now? This is a goal for both of them. They're a team and they're both going to work hard and do whatever they need to do to accomplish his goals in life. All right, here we are at the hospital, just pulled up. Um, it's 10.30 p.m., and we're just getting ready to check in. Coming in with two of us, leaving with three. It's going to be great. I think the day that I knew I was going to get induced and I knew Matt and I would be going through that that night, I did still have anxiety and just felt like, oh, I hope this all goes okay. And as a mom, you just want a healthy baby and you want everything to go smoothly. And thankfully it did. But I, I did still feel that day kind of the weight of his injury and and kind of the devastation that was still lingering from what had just happened, you know, a few days prior and having our lives and futures flipped upside down. I don't know, I was looking forward to achieving all these personal goals that I had that kind of just kind of went away. Um, but then like after, I don't know, I kind of had 
a day or two to kind of be sad about it. And then I just had to focus and just say, okay, this, this is happening for a reason. We, we felt right that we had to stick around for another year and we just kind of had to figure out why that was. And I was like, dang, this is going to be a burden having to get surgery right before Emily giving birth. And I'd have to the, be on the scooter rolling around or on crutches when, when holding Andy or taking care of her. That was always annoying. But then um, once, once Andy came, just all those kind of personal, maybe selfish feelings that I had were kind of just went away and I was able to focus more on Emily and focus on on just how to help Andy as best I could. (laughs) She's about to, she's tearing up too, it looks like. It's just a miracle and um, yet in that moment having her on me was just a feeling I, I can't even describe. Just feel so grateful, and, and really, ever since then, the devastation of you know what has happened to Matt in this season still lingers. But it's just it's such a bright spot in our lives that um, you know we're changed forever. Good news, I'm out of the boot. I don't have to wear this piece of junk anymore, and it's it feels good, it feels nice. The slow progress, but now I can do a little bit more and push myself a little bit harder. And yeah, I'm just grateful for that. Glad I'm a little bit ahead of schedule. And hopefully, as things go, I can start jogging in about a month. And as long as things progress more and more, I'll I'll get better faster than what everyone expected. So yeah, it's uh, it's a good feeling. I feel blessed. It feels very tight when I do my little foot circles and everything, but. It's, I know it's supposed to be tight and it'll eventually loosen up and and get back to where it needs to be. It doesn't help the Achilles a ton, but it helps my foot strength come back, just the little muscles and tendons. uncertainty and in the world going on right now and also with my personal situation and (laughs) yeah just knowing I can come home and be a dad and I just think that that means a lot to me and something that I've learned during this time for sure. We thank you for spending the last hour with us on this Deep Blue special, profiling some of our favorite BYU athletes. Not so much for their accolades and accomplishments on the field, which are many, but for the stories that built who they are. In fact, that's why we do what we do. We'll see you next time on Deep Blue. 
Gym Stars is back with more competitions. Competitions now are just getting bigger and bigger. There are some new faces. I want to be the best in the world. And new dramas. I am definitely very nervous. If we don't qualify, our country doesn't get a spot. I know she can do it. No matter how you're feeling, you're going to have to compete. So, get ready to share the highs. You have been selected to represent Great Britain. Thank you. At that point, I was like, wow, like, this feels real. And the lows. We could lose this opportunity. Sometimes I do question why I do gym. This is my last chance to do well in acrobatics. It's now or never, really. Everyone dreams of going to the Olympics. I want to unlock my full potential. This is Gym Stars. On our first season, we were up in Idaho. Now it's hot enough for some families. In season two, we're